Episode 117, Anatomy of a Perfect Conference. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Hey, I'm your host, Dale Dixon. And you know, Jason Jennings is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. This is The Game Changers, all about bringing that amazing information to you each and every week. Jason, great to be with you again. Uh, Dale, it's uh, great to be back with you, and if if anybody listening could only peek behind the curtains, they would know that between uh, the huge rainstorms uh, hitting Northern California and knocking out power, and then internet outages where you are in Boise, Idaho, uh, we're, 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 get, we're getting this one done at truly the 11th hour. <laughs> and we're, we're doing everything we can to, to make the technology work, and uh, that's exactly what we're doing. So... Our topic today, Anatomy of a Perfect Conference, uh, that just about, for those of us who've been to conferences, that sounds like a far, far reach. Uh, So you recently had a great event and took a few notes along the way, uh, and you're going to bring to us what you experienced and what you say is as close to a perfect conference as you've ever seen. Yeah, so last week I was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at the uh, Biltmore Hotel uh, doing a conference with uh, 800 to 1,000 people, and it was uh, for a company in the medical device business. And uh, I, after my keynote speech, I there was a I, I got a big huge standing ovation, which was always great. And then after the handshaking and the autographing of some books, I finally got back to my room, and uh, I, I called the house and I called the speaking agent and I called my speaking manager and I said, "This is the best speech I've ever done. This is the most incredible event I've ever been part of." And I was really on fire today. On a scale of one to ten, it was a twenty. And I, I suppose I was guilty about thinking it was all about me. Uh, well, I get on the airplane to fly home and I I sit back in the seat and I close my eyes and I realized, just like always, it wasn't about me. Uh, It was about others uh, and it was about them. And I started ticking off the boxes and making a list of what had made this the most picture-perfect event I had ever attended. So what I did is early in the week, I jotted down some of the notes, sent them off to a couple of speaking agents, and they said, oh my God, this is really good stuff. You need to do a podcast about this. So that's how this podcast came to be. Hmm. So take us through the list. What did you experience and what really stood out to you through that process? Well, the first thing is uh, make an incredible first impression. When I opened up the doors and walked into the ballroom, which had been transformed uh, into a stage that was, I don't know, 100, 150 feet long with, uh, with huge video panels and video monitors, I took a look and I thought, this is one of the most incredible stages I've ever seen in my life. And, what, and thinking back about it, I realized that it would have been absolutely impossible for any attendee to walk into the ballroom room and not be blown away, filled with anticipation about what was going to come, proud to work for the company, but they would also know how much the company values them. And so I was very, very curious. Uh, So I went to the production director and uh, I said, how much does something like this cost, uh, this incredible staging? And I thought his answer was perfect. He said, uh, $100 per person. Now, 
that really puts it into context. I mean, it might have been $100,000 they spent on the staging, but when he answered $100 per person, I realized that's a real small amount of money to make an impression on people that you want to honor and an impression that will last a lifetime. So, so staging of an event is vitally important. So that was one thing that contributed to the perfect event. The second thing is I was amazed the next morning as registration was taking place. Uh, at, it, it, it took a second or two or three to register, get your name badge, get your bag of materials. And I stood off to the side and I thought they are really doing this extraordinarily well. There was clear signage all around the hotel property. You couldn't get lost. You, you were going to get to the breakfast. You were going to get to the main conference. Uh, the signage was incredible. Uh, the length of time it took to get your materials. Uh, the Wi-Fi password was prominently displayed all over. If you were having IT problems getting on your device, they had IT assistance stations set up for, uh, to get people online. I mean, just look at his split. Uh, it was just, uh, th- there were incredible foods, healthy foods, a couple of little and indulgences. And I stood back and I thought, this is the best registration I've ever seen. So I was talking to one of the senior executives of the company. I said, who is doing this? And he said, well, the first lesson we learned years ago is you don't try to do registration for a big event using in-house personnel and people who've never done it before. He said, if you really want to make this great uh, first impression when people walk in to register and, and to get the materials, he said, you really have to use uh, professionals to get it done. And uh, and that's what they had done. They were using a professional event management company, and these people do this all the time. But the next one, uh, the, the show, the show, if I, if, if I can call it that, was flawless. I mean, it was I, I felt it was like a Broadway production uh, or an incredible symphony being conducted by an incredible maestro. And I realized how they cracked the code on that. Everyone who is going to be on stage needs to rehearse. You got to become familiar with the stage, the graphics, and even the sound of uh, what it sounds like to have your voice echoing through this huge cavernous space. And and I, I see this all the time at conferences. Uh, the macho types who say, you know, I don't need a rehearsal. I'll just uh, I'll just wing it. Well, I'll tell you what they were told at this conference. Uh, the goal is to deliver a seamless experience, exceed the expectations of everyone, and that everyone on the team is committed to making them look good and sound good, and therefore get your butt on the stage, and we are going to rehearse. Uh, you know, it's embarrassing sometimes to watch people who are not professionals take the stage and uh, fumble around and poke fun at themselves and click buttons that don't work. And I mean, it's just agonizing to watch this stuff. And uh, so I think that uh, if you're doing an anatomy of a perfect event, uh, everybody rehearses. Everybody rehearses. The next one is big. Now, here's a company uh, that I was doing the speech for that is is in the process of being acquired by another company. Now, as you can guess, Dale, uh, these are very trying times because there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, am I going to have a job? Are we going to have a company? Are there going to be layoffs? What are they going to change? Is my life going to get upended? Well, let me tell you something. They did it better than any I, than I've ever seen it done. You have to make sure that all material, all speeches, all presentations are vetted to this end result. Everybody has to sing off 
the same page. And uh, messages can be silent, they're spoken aloud, but every message was positive, excited, enthusiastic. Uh, Concerns about uncertainty weren't glossed over, but they were handled with honesty and with transparency. And everybody came away from this meeting feeling like they'd been leveled with and told the truth. And so what a company needs to do when they're having a meeting is they have to ask the question, what are the three to four main takeaways that we want to communicate to everyone that we want everyone to leave with? And then the event should be built around uh, achieving everybody leaving with those three or four takeaways. And and let me just paint you a horror picture. Uh, A number of years ago, I was doing a speech for a a huge trucking company. And this huge trucking company, I had flirted with bankruptcy, uh, and the new CEO came in and said, if we stay in the trucking business, I I write about this in one of my books, if we stay in the trucking business, we're going to be out of business. And we have to do this incredible transformation, and we have to move from being a trucking company into a logistics company. So they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to transform themselves from a trucking company into a logistics company. They're successful. Now they bring together about 5,000 people in Las Vegas, 2,500 of their people, 2,500 of their customers for a three-day celebration of this incredible transformation. And the staging was beautiful. And at the last minute, uh, there's a, a national figure. If I mention the guy's name, you would know who he is. I don't want to embarrass him. But he had actually had his starts, in the, or his start in the trucking business. And so when the company realized he was going to be in Las Vegas, they said, how would you like to come in and just say hello and open up the conference? And uh, who doesn't like to be on stage? The guy said yes. So right before my opening keynote, I'm standing backstage uh, with the CEO and the whole team backstage. And this legendary figure is introduced. It takes the stage. There's a big standing ovation. And he tells everybody to sit back down and he's beaming. And he says, you know, He said, I understand a lot of trucking companies today are trying to transform themselves into logistics companies. He said, is that a bunch of garbage or what? He said, because at the end of the day, we're just all truckers. (laughs) Yeah, what happened to the CEO's face as you were standing next to him? I'm I'm, I'm standing backstage with the CEO. His name is Bill Zoller. He's a great guy. And that little vein or artery up in your temple was just pop, pop, pop. I thought it was going to burst. I thought the guy was going to have cardiac arrest on the spot. And he just sputtered. Can can you save this? Can you save this? Can you save this? And I said, I'll try. But when the guy comes backstage, just usher him out because I don't want him to hear what I'm going to say. And so uh, I hope I saved it. It was a pretty successful event. But, but Dale, you have to make sure that everybody is singing off the same page in the hymnal. Uh, Everybody is sharing the same message. The next one, and I'm sure, I bet you've experienced this. The other thing that made this event magical in Phoenix is that they stayed on schedule and they're real about breaks. Uh, I can't begin to tell you how many times uh, I've been scheduled to do a a 3.30 close closing keynote speech, and it started at 4.15, 4.30, 5 o'clock, or even later, and I can't begin to tell you how many other speakers and hundreds of attendees I've seen scramble to make new flight arrangements just because of horrible planning. The first rule of any meeting of more than 100 people is that there's no such thing as a 15-minute break. It's a physical impossibility. Uh, The act of using a bathroom, grabbing something to drink, responding to an urgent text or an urgent call or two, and spending a few minutes, you know, in fellowship with your colleagues requires that breaks be a realistic 30 minutes in length. Here's what happens. If you don't do that, you're going to have a couple of breaks that go long. You're going to have a couple of long-winded presenters who didn't rehearse, and you can set back a meeting an hour or two 
or more. And so you got to be realistic about breaks. And then finally, the other one that they mastered with this one is, uh, you know, as somebody who speaks, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80 times a year, I think the biggest loss of money, uh, the, the biggest waste of resources that I see companies do is they do these events and they spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars and, and they're incredible events. And, uh, after the event, it's all gone. So sometimes a company will have one, uh, television camera at the back of the room locked down on, on one image of the stage that they project onto the big screens on either side of the stage. But let me tell you what great companies do. Great companies understand that this is a perfect opportunity to record the entire event using three cameras, you know, one camera focusing on the stage at close-up, one camera focusing on the audience, one camera with a wide view, and then what they can do is after the conference, they can go back and use this footage, and they can create an entire training program uh, for the company. It's also a way to cascade information downward throughout the organization. And they can also create an in-house commercial that makes everyone want to be better, produce, and sell more so they can be in attendance the next time. Uh, but because everybody is a sophisticated video consumer today, um, you have to make you have to make it look good. And, and and you can't make it look good after the fact if you've got one camera sitting in the back of the room locked down. Just think, when companies spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on these big conferences, at the end of the conference, it's all over. I mean, it's wasted. All this intellectual knowledge that's been shared, I mean, it's all gone. Boof. It just disappears. So I, 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 I guess uh, my, my, my tips are you, know, you make an incredible first impression uh, with the staging by letting your people know how important they are. You use professionals uh, handling the registration process. You force everybody to rehearse um, and, and make them great. You make sure everybody sings off the same page. You stay on a schedule, and you be real about breaks, and you record the event so you can use it in the company's training. And I, I, I just firmly believe that that's what made this event one of the most magical events I've ever been part of. And I think that any company that follows these six simple steps is on their way to having a hugely successful event. Mm. Fantastic advice. And as one of those people who have been in uh, more conferences than I can count, it's common sense, but so necessary to be reminded that, uh, yes, it's a challenge to do these things, but it's really simple. You're thinking about the audience first and making sure that people have an amazing experience and not just relying on the in-house talent. And I also I love the idea of how you broke it down as price per person in the very right. beginning. And when you look at it from that standpoint and you think about the time uh, that that person is investing and in being in the room, even if it's just as simple as the hourly wage, uh, hourly wage, and what that person is not producing in the regular role of their job, you you need to be able to spend that kind of money to be sure that that person is getting the most out of the event. Yep. So, excellent, excellent information. Any closing words for us? Uh, yeah, I, I, I got a lot of emails this week, uh, about, uh, uh, the book, uh, the reinventor, uh, the, the reinventors. And, uh, if somebody hasn't yet read, uh, the reinventors, I, I really think that they uh, need to order a copy of the book from Amazon or buy it in one of your local bookstores. Uh, again, we keep threatening to, to do some listener mail coming up and I, I'm going to, but I received a number of beautiful letters about the reinventors and the profound impact that it had on, uh, on companies. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, read a book. Get smart. <laughs> 
And speaking of that viewer mail, we're working to make that even easier for you to ask questions for the podcast. All you have to do is go to Twitter, hashtag Ask Jason Jennings, all one word. We're watching that hashtag on a regular basis. We'll bring you those questions in later episodes. But just go to Twitter, ask your question there. Obviously, 140 characters or less. Hashtag Ask Jason Jennings, and we're watching for those. Hey, this is The Game Changers. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the most, three of the most in-demand speakers in the world. You can find out how to arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference. Learn about his fees, availability. Be sure to check out the website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button. Follow those instructions. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.